The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. (laughs) I got a a, a note like, hey, you're working too much. I'm like, yes, I'm aware. Thank you. That's kind (laughs) of the theme of where we're at right now. For many of you who are, you know, weekly listeners of the podcast, you probably have noticed that we ended up taking a longer break than we intended. That was not intentional. Um, It just has been a very busy summer so far. Sasha's basically living at the College World Series. I actually said last night to somebody that I know that works there, um, I was like, I just need a sleeping bag because it's better than having to drive all the way to, I basically live in Elkhorn. So it doesn't make sense to drive all the way to Elkhorn to then back downtown in between games. It just doesn't, especially when gas is like $5 a gallon. That's how I drive I f- a truck. Like, oh, that's how I feel sometimes sound. with like Nebraska volleyball yeah. football when they go back to back like Friday night, Saturday, or especially if it's a Saturday morning football game where I'm like, I just need to sleep in yeah. Lincoln because there's no point in me driving all the way back. But anyway, we will stop ignoring our guests. Actually, <laughs> I think it was three weeks ago. I teased to Sasha. I was like, I have a guest idea yes. in mind and then didn't tell her about it for like two weeks and then proceeded to forget to ask the potential guest for another <laughs> week. So we somehow made it work and we are joined by Austin uh I'm just about did it. Austin Poncho. I was telling him I'm so like I psych myself out with names and I'm so worried, but we are so glad that you're here. Thank you guys for having me. I'm happy to be here and, and happy uh, it ended up working out. Yes. Yeah. I, it, thank goodness. I somehow like just barely butchered your name. <laughs> you know, I have to just say really quick. My last name is Sorensen, which is incredibly like basic. Mm. And so many people say Sorensen, which is mm bizarre but like because of that i'm so like hyper aware of like wanting to pronounce people's names correctly to the point where i think it's actually now become like my greatest fear where like <laughs> i just i i will ask people say your name to me and it won't matter because then like within 10 minutes i'm like my brain has told me it's pronounced differently well austin we like i said are so glad that you're here for people who are tuning in um Austin works with us at Herdat. So Herdat is the owner of Hale Varsity. If you ever see Herdat Media or different things associated with Hale Varsity, that is why we are all a part of one um, family. And Austin is on the Herdat side of things. But he also came to Herdat from Union Omaha. That's right. Which is very exciting. So it's just mostly for me as a Union Omaha fan. I just am selfishly like, let's have you on the podcast. (laughs) But for anyone who's watching who also is a Union Omaha fan or a soccer fan, they may be familiar with you. So first and foremost, just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do for her dad. Just give us the like elevator pitch for Austin. Yeah, the elevator pitch for Austin. We can start at Union Omaha. I had an awesome two years. That's what brought me to Nebraska um, and played there for two seasons and, and couldn't have asked for a better way to go out with the championship. So Ooh. Um, that was part of how I knew it was my time to make that transition. <laughs> that is a good time to say, like, I'm good. <laughs> right. You go out on top, right? Um, but awesome organization there and staff and teammates that I've met along the way. So super grateful for my time there and made the transition to Herdat, um, which is, like you said, a, a family with a lot of interesting pieces involved. And mm-hmm. I knew it was a great fit, um, close enough to sports, but also um, I went to school at Indiana University for marketing and professional sales. So um, everything Herdat has in, going on was right up my alley and um, I kind of knew right away that is where I wanted to make my transition out to. Yeah, we have a lot of Nebraska, obviously, based listeners, which makes sense. It's, this is a part of the Hale Varsity Network, so the, a lot right. of you are Nebraska fans. So yes, Austin is a Hoosier. So <laughs> there is a big, big connection there, a Big Ten connection there. Um, what got you to Indiana? Because you 
grew up in St. Louis. So what made I you pick did. Indiana? Yeah. So um, they were always a powerhouse in soccer. Um, so that was obviously very attractive to me. Um, four hour drive. So close enough, far enough thing too. I always forget um, that St. Louis <laughs> is actually very close. Yeah, like I have no concept of geography. Six hours from Omaha if you drive uh, to okay. St. Louis. So um, close enough there too, which is also another great fit. And um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of things really just matched up for me. Um, the staff there, um, that's kind of a thing that I've always looked for too, is, is the people first. I mean, obviously sports you want, you want talented coaches, talented staff, talented teammates, but um, they, along with along with Herdat too, and, and Union Omaha, of course, um, they recruited people first. Um, good individuals that worked well together, worked as a team, um, had their head on straight. So that's something I definitely look for as well. And um, testament to the staff at Indiana, they do an incredible job there. And, and that was uh, the campus sells itself too. It's an incredible experience. I, I've been obviously to uh, Lincoln too, and they're both great. <laughs> well, I've only been to I've only been to Bloomington once. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back because I do remember it's very collegiate. Mm-hmm. It's very like old, mm-hmm. big trees, yes. like very collegiate. But like, I feel like I just haven't been there enough to really like know what to expect from mm-hmm. the campus. But I do remember liking it. So I feel like I need to know when Nebraska plays at Indiana again so that I know when I can like actually see, like spend more time on mm-hmm. the campus. Yeah, there's a lot to digest in one visit. Um, and I mean, I've, I've taken friends and obviously family there. They don't, it's, it takes a few times to really understand, you know, the different aspects of it. Um, there's just a lot of beautiful spots on the campus as well as, like you said, the big buildings, um, limestone's the theme there. All the, all the school buildings are made of limestone and, um, there's all the, you know, the big fraternity Greek life houses and things like that too. But you also have that college town feel, um, pretty cool little downtown. And I, I, I think there's similarities too to Blackstone, um, Farnham Street. Okay. There's a little version of that at Indiana. More, definitely more, you know, small town collegiate shops and local mom pa shops, which is great, um, and more of a college town feel. But there's some similarities there a little bit. See, I'm wondering almost because, and I I'm not going to spend a ton of time looking this up right now. You all don't need to watch me like <laughs> googling everything. Um, <laughs> Nebraska plays Indiana in Lincoln this fall, so that makes me wonder if Nebraska is going to Indiana then next year which would be exciting. I want to go just like based off of Googling pictures of the campus, <laughs> specifically in the fall. Yes. Yeah, fall, is, fall is beautiful there. Yeah. It, is, it is definitely uh, the time to go. That's, that's the thing. The big 10 has a lot of really beautiful campuses. Yeah. Now the big 10 for all of its beautiful campuses also has some very not attractive campuses, um, which is wild to me. Yeah. Um, because you go from like, people always ask like, what are my favorite campuses? It's always the, it's the answer is the same for everyone. It's Madison. It's yeah. Columbus. It's your, it's the Wisconsin, Ohio state. Um, I would say, I think Indiana, I just haven't been there enough to know. Nebraska hasn't played Indiana enough for me to know, mm-hmm. but like, n- <laughs> no offense to Northwestern, but Evanston isn't exactly like, but it's also like on the uh, like, north the side one of Chicago. That in my head, I was like, <laughs> definitely not Evanston. And it's, <laughs> not be- it's just a different vibe. Um, yes. Everyone says the same thing about Rutgers, which yeah. I have not been to. But yeah, it it is the Big Ten is like there's there's no kind of in between. It's either like you have a really beautiful campus or you kind of just have a campus. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you're saying all these places. I'm getting flashbacks in my head right now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but not every Big Ten has a men's soccer yes, team. That's true. There's no Purdue um, soccer. So no, Nebraska. No, no rivalry there. Yeah. No Nebraska. So um, missed out on some of those in-state rivalries with Purdue, of course. Um, yeah. Notre Dame was kind of made up for that and had some. They're not the Big Ten, of course, but, um, but they might as well be. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it was still fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, all these places you guys were mentioning, Northwestern. I mean, it's a different experience too. And this is kind of we can talk about being an athlete a little bit. Um, you're just kind of cooped in a hotel for some yeah. of it, and then you're at the soccer stadium. So, um, a little different. Northwestern's is right by the lake. It's turf. It's it's kind of what you'd expect. I mean, if you go later in the season too, it's yes. you got to be gritty there. You got to you got it's winds whipping at you right off the lake. See, I'm glad stuff. you brought that up because Northwestern did do that. They took advantage of. Um, um, Northwestern took advantage of having themselves right on the lake. Yeah. So they built all their facilities right there. They mm-hmm. put, because that is the beautiful part of yeah. it. Um, and so they were smart, but you kind of forget that everything is much colder off of a lake. Yes. So like, it's beautiful until you get to about November and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> hold on a second. What are we doing here? Yep. I, I will say it's interesting that you said, you know, first, I think a lot of times people misunderstand student athletes. Like they, you don't get to like fully experience these towns and 
spoiler alert for everybody watching. Um, I had an opportunity to interview Casey Thompson, one of Nebraska's quarterbacks that's fighting for the starting job this fall. And we were talking about Ireland. And I was like, are you excited to go? Because he's actually never traveled overseas before. So I was like, that's exciting. You yeah. must be excited. He's like, yeah, I mean, I am. However, he was like, it, it's going to be a lot of like bus, hotel, yeah. um, yep. things that are basically scheduled for us. Like he's like, I'm sure we'll get to see things. They'll do stuff, but yeah. it will be based on what they schedule for us. It's not going to be a lot of like us out getting Side to explore. Or anything like that. 100%. And yeah. that was like, I realized, and I know that I go travel. I see their, their setups and their situations. They don't want them out and about and wandering the towns. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was kind of like, even going overseas, you're you're kind of limited as to what you're able to see because you had a job to do. You yeah. have a job yeah. to do. Part of that job is is at times putting your feet up in the hotel and, and uh, doing whatever you know resting that you need to do, um, resting your mind, resting your body. So it's uh yeah, unfortunately you can't go sightseeing as much as you would yeah. like to, especially in Ireland. I know it's it's going to be amazing for them there too when they do get to see things. Uh, but mm-hmm. they have a job to do at the end of the day. I'm actually really glad you brought up the the rest that's needed because I think that a lot of people don't take that in, into consideration when they're talking about sports, mm-hmm. talking to athletes, things like that. But that stuff is equally as important as all the work that you put in in the gym, on the field. Um, can you give like your perspective on how important that has been like or was in your career? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not an on off switch. It's always something all the time, whether it yeah. is that active, actively choosing to rest, um, actively choosing to eat the right things, you know, going yeah. to your sleep schedules. Incredibly important. I mean, oh, there's yeah. such a difference in, in kind of your energy and, and routine is is everything for athletes. I mean, obviously, there's you know, there's the, you know, routines of maybe luck, things like that, but there's also routines of like, Hey, you need to focus on this at this time. Um, and it just improves the productivity. So there's, there's so many different things that go into it. Um, and that was also for me separately, like part of why I was like ready to transition out. I mean, yeah. like yeah. it is, it is just something it, it consumes you and it's because you have love for the game. You have a passion for it. Yeah. So it's something that you don't turn off ever. Um, and it's something that you have to put everything behind. Cause if you're not, you're, you're not going to be your best. And if you're not your best at the higher levels you get, you're not going to be successful. So it's a, uh, it's a big commitment and it's something you got to always do. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I am not an athlete by, although I will say <laughs> my, my, the, my favorite Peloton instructors always say like, everyone is an athlete if you're, you know, working and you're putting in the time and effort. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've never been, you know, I didn't play collegiately. I obviously didn't pay, play professionally, but it is like, I think sometimes there's just a misunderstanding with athletes and this is, in my job, I at least get to see a little bit of it. And I go back to, I got to follow Adrian Martinez for a day. This was his uh, spring heading into a sophomore season and just watching their days. And like he would wake up at, you know, five 30 in the morning so he could get over to the stadium so he could get his catapult tracker. You know, it had to get, it had to get synced up and all of this stuff that takes time. Then you have to have breakfast. Then you're going to going to meetings. Then you have practice. And then when that's done, yeah, you technically have like, you know, five, six hours that are yours, but you are filling that time with class homework, things that you have to get done. And then you're right back into more meetings and back into dinner and back into conditioning, watching film. There's, there's no like everything. It, I, I kind of equated it to air traffic control. <laughs> it feels like not it. Nothing can like get off kilter in a day because if it does, it changes everything else. But there's no free time. Yeah. Because then by the time you know they get home at eight thirty nine, whatever, there's not like you're sitting down and like doing something fun. Right. You're usually going to bed because you have to get up at five thirty yes. the next morning. <laughs> so I can understand. Like I, I can't like personally understand but from watching that i can understand like that that's a grind yeah yeah there's a lot lot going on um and especially student athletes a whole different ball game i mean professionally you, i think you get a little bit more time obviously you can dive into maybe analytics or the tech now it's there's crazy stuff out there and all kinds of different ways to get an edge on your game but um student athletes in particular it, it is it is very difficult to uh balance it all but i think universities do an incredible job um at providing the support needed whether it's you know academic staff and advisors things like that or just the resources themselves, student centers, things like that. So um, they, they equip athletes, but it's, it's still very difficult to do. Um, yeah. I was going to joke. I was going to be like, whoop, 
sponsor us. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, the amount of like schools and professional athletes that are now using things like whoop or the rings or yeah. different things so that they can just like literally just track everything. everything. Mm-hmm. Sleep. I love the sleep analytics. Oh my gosh. Uh, my sleep tells me that I'm an anxious person. Right. <laughs> I think that the, like just the, the advances in like technology, I'm sure have just helped and like leaps and bounds for teams, either professionally or collegiately, just like more insight into like your sleep habits. Like I didn't realize how important sleep hygiene was until I had one of those. Oh, insane. I, the person who gives me such a hard time is uh Nebraska volleyball coach, John cook. Yeah. He, uh, he, he thinks that my, well, and I know this cause I actually did show my, my whoop analytics to one of Nebraska's staff and was like, what, do you think? And they're like, it seems like you don't shut your brain off at night. Like you fall asleep and you get a lot of good quality sleep, but your brain's not shutting off. Yeah. I was like, how do I fix that? And they're like, well, you need to put your phone down about an hour before bed. You need to be meditating. You need to be doing breath work. And like, this is all stuff where I'm like, no, thank you. (laughs) But I get it because I'm like, that's why my sleep sometimes, like I was looking at last night, like I, I clearly had stuff on my mind and I woke up this morning kind of feeling a little like groggy and gross. And obviously it's because I, you know, was sitting on my phone and worrying myself before bed. Right. (laughs) Anyway, Austin, I have to ask you, cause you were talking about, you know, knowing that you're ready to retire when you made that decision, did you have a moment where you're like, what am I doing? Like, how was that whole process to like decide I'm okay. I'm done. I'm ready to walk into the next step of my life. Yes. Mine, it was pretty unique. I actually knew probably five months or so before the season was ending. Um, and I always knew it wasn't going to be forever. Um, I think, and I was actively, you know, taking steps just to network and prepare knowing that I still had a couple of years left in me. This was like my first season, um, or, now my rookie year, I actually didn't prepare at all for that. <laughs> You're like, I'm rookie ready. Year, I'm already I'm here walking the door. Soccer. I'm out. Yeah, but I think when I got to Omaha, actually, I mean, I, I realized, you know, it's not going to be forever and, mm-hmm. and wasn't something I was going to do until I was 30 or things like that. Because um, anyway, but I, I was actively preparing a little bit and, and networking and things like that, knowing that I still wanted to keep playing, but wanted to be, you know, have something kind of in line for when I moved. Um, And I'd say four or five months before I was like, OK, like I, I definitely think this might be my last year. Um, so I came to terms with it pretty early and it's still every day. I mean, I step on the field, I'm going to give it my all and, and always, you know, do everything I can to win and help the team. And I'm just competitive too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll play ping pong over here and it's life or death. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I kind of knew for a while and, and I'll tell you a little story. I mean, it partially answers your question a little bit, but it was more the opposite knowing that I'm happy. I've, I've done it. Um, it was the semifinals. I actually first for the first time told some of my teammates, um, the night before because I, I kind of kept it pretty close to the vest I didn't want to be distraction things like that um and I finally started telling my teammates a couple of them that I was hanging out with you know the night before game just putting our feet up watching I don't know maybe basketball or something um and I said hey guys like I, I want to tell you like and this was before the semifinals actually um so I told them and we won that game five to one I believe um and I scored a goal too and that was like kind of the full circle moment like wow this is amazing like kind of a little internal send-off and, and those three guys too um we were typically all on the bench together more often than not, but we all got to play a bit too, of course. Um, and they were the first three to the corner to celebrate with me. Um, and it was, that was a special moment for me. So I, I loved, loved that and never forget that moment with those guys. And um, that was like, you know, some people may be like, wow, like you just scored. Like, are you sure? Like, cause some of them, some of them asked me, I was like, I, I've, I've been sure for a while and this yeah. is just icing on the cake for me. Um, so it wasn't like a thing where I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm second guessing. And, and when I did finish too, I had, a month and a half. I think I didn't even touch a soccer ball and it was, it was a relief for me. I mean, it was a lot yeah. of that stress all gone. Um, and soccer has been, and always will be a huge part of my life. I'm still glued to the screen every yeah. weekend with, with Premier league or, you know, and there's all kinds of leagues around the world now too. And, um, uh, it's something I'll always, you know, actively be doing. I, I coach once a week now too. I kind of picked that back up again, but, um, it was nice to just decompress, be done. Um, and I was very content with it, but that, that was my kind of moment where I was like, this was incredible. Um, and I knew I was ready to move on and then, and then winning the the trophy, the next game, it was, it was unbelievable. So, I mean, you really can't go out any better than winning. (laughs) Like that is like the dream is I'm going to win on top a championship and then move on because you will always have had that final. Yes. Yes. That was incredible. (laughs) Like, could you believe that that, like, could you not like, could you believe, I think every team knows that like it's possible Like you Mm -hmm. can, Mm -hmm. but like when you won that, did you have a moment of like, 
how the heck did we do this? Because I think like that, I mean, what second season of union Omaha and you're now champions. Yeah. It's, it's incredible when you take a step back. Um, but every single day, the, the group we had, um, we knew we had it in us. I mean, the, the year before that, we were runners up and we actually, the final got canceled. Um, yeah. So we knew it was, we always knew it was possible. And more so the second season, it was more the mindset that like, we deserve this. This is ours. So it was never like surprised to be there. It mm-hmm. was, it was almost like if we don't win this, we messed up because we know we had the talent. We know we had it in our, in our locker. Um, the group we had was incredible. Um, and, and it's also incredible to see you know how still having success because there was a lot of turnover. Um, just because, you know, people move up, people move mm-hmm. laterally, um, people go to her dad. <laughs> so, yeah, people come and they get full-time jobs. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of that. And, and being in a kind of like baseball AAA um, yeah. type league, I mean, it's there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of, like I said, upward and lateral movement. So um, we, we knew we we had it in our in our locker to win, and we knew we had the talent, and we executed, which was great. I have to say really quick, um, I do have a Union Omaha jersey. I bought a game-worn jersey, and the player it was for technically had moved on after the first season, but mm-hmm. it's Connor Doyle's number, so I just oh, started awesome. wearing it for him. I was like, <laughs> so when he returned, when he made that he was going to come back this season, I was yep. like, my, <laughs> my poor husband was like you've just decided like I I like to like when I have a favorite team I'll just be like these are my this is my player and so Connor became that player and Mm -hmm. so I have this jersey like I said it has somebody else's name on the back but it's his number and so I'm just like this is for him um so when he came back I was like yes (laughs) but I feel like he's also somebody where I'm like he has to feel a sense of accomplishment like for oh, what yeah. he's done and like especially when you look at the trajectory of his career mm-hmm. so you look at a lot of these players on this roster and like they have they have you've all had very interesting walks to get mm-hmm. like yes. paths to get to union omaha oh, yes. so like that to me is really cool because it is a very like to have a group that has come from all different yeah. you know different countries mm-hmm. that come together and can then put together a championship. Like yes. that has to be really cool to think like, look at what you're capable when and you bring people together. I want to talk to you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of over 20 years and voted as one of the best places to work in Omaha. So what is FSC Edge? Well, it is a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. They also happen to support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the United States and Europe. So some of the things that they've got going on, you can work in a new work environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, which include company support for health and wellness, which is amazing. Um, You can also do impactful work on a national scale and make a difference. So if you are interested in looking at job opportunities with FSC Edge, their team is constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join in on their mission. So check out available jobs today at www.jobsatfsc.com. Again, that's www.jobsatfsc.com. And the other facet of that is inaugural season, right? Yes. You know didn't exist. We were all the first players ever on the team and the organization. Um, mm-hmm. So being able to be a part of that is really special. Um, and that's something I didn't realize until obviously we did it, right? Like everyone, everywhere else, it's like, oh, this team's been here forever, just, you know, but it's, it's pretty special to be a part of something from the ground up and then to have the success that we did for two years because year one to year two, we, we kept majority of the team um, and a, a great core, which, is, which was awesome. And then those guys, obviously, we got rewarded with the trophy. Um, mm-hmm. And we had guys that left after the first year too that were just great people um, and we're happy to be with them too. But um. Yeah, it was it was special to be a part of that, and and like I said, from the ground up, it's it's something that always going to cherish. And um, yeah, and capping it with the trophy, it's it's incredible. I do want to dive into Union Omaha, but before we do, I want to ask you a couple more questions about your transition out of you know being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Not that you're not. I think you're forever an athlete. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to ins- <laughs> imply that you suddenly aren't. But what was that transition like when you started? You know, waking up and going to a quote unquote eight to five, nine to five job. Yeah. And like life suddenly looked very different than it had, you know, a couple of months prior. Yeah, it did. Um, I mean, we were still, it's, it's somewhat similar to starting the day. I think the biggest transition is just somewhat longer days and just a different type of grind. Um, and it wasn't right away. I mean, I think we even were working remote for a little bit too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> still like working from home was a little different too. So I kind of eased my way into it. I also worked part-time a little bit. Um, for that last maybe month and a half, month of the season. So 
got my feet wet a little bit there. But yeah, it's it's a different um, transition for sure. And just schedule your schedule changes, of course, and your job isn't working out now. And that's something that I, I always want to continue to do and, and do. So like finding time for that, um, things like that. It's it's definitely a different, um, I guess, ball game, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I think the transition went pretty well for me because I got to ease into it a little bit. And obviously the staff here is, are great people and they're super helpful. I've learned an incredible amount since I've started here back in November. And um, that's that's made it all easier. Um, definitely being in a great place helps. I think like the one the one thing that I, you know, I think sometimes it, it is hard though. Like what advice could you offer? So if, you know, mm-hmm. a student athlete or a professional athlete stumbles upon this podcast and listens to it, because I think that sometimes there's a lot of fear of like what, what life looks like. What Who now? am I without this, this yeah. thing? And then you see a lot of people, like I think of you or I think of Alex Henry when yeah. he transitioned from the NFL and now he works for an engineering company here in yeah. Omaha, I believe. Um, or an architecture. I can't remember exactly what he works for, but Mm -hmm. I mean, you transition out of these things. And I think sometimes there's a fear for those who haven't done it yet, that they're losing their identity. They're losing the thing that they have been for so, so long. What advice do you offer somebody who's feeling like when this day comes and I'm done, I'm going to lose my sense of self, who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Super great question. Um, and, and I don't have all the answers. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing process a little bit. Um, but I think in the beginning, I, I put definitely put my head down and started right away. I mean, I, I think I was speaking with um, the general manager, you know, Omaha. We, we sit down and catch up every once in a while. And, and he played professionally himself. And he was shocked when I was like, yeah, I, I uh, already going full time. And I think it was like, you know, maybe a couple of weeks after the season hmm. ended. Um, I, I think Thanksgiving break, I took a little break and got right into it. And he was like, wow, like I, I did not <laughs> go that quickly. Uh-huh. Um, took him a long time. And, and, and he was super shocked and, and like maybe a little bit impressed too but it's it's just something that I kind of was able to put my head down and jump right into the next thing and, and I think the competitive drive I mean you can use that in different ways I mean it's not only in mm-hmm. sports it's it's in anything that you do whether it's you know in a marketing industry in an engineering industry um so I would say finding something that you're passionate or have a background in that that you can make that next step to and, and I think I was speaking about it earlier I, I didn't make this transition very quickly technically it arose from year and a half, two years of just networking and meeting the right people and, and just preparing a little bit in advance. So I would say just don't rush into anything um, and actively, you know, look or just plan and, and know that maybe the time's in a year, maybe the time's in three years. Um, I would say just get a little head start on it so you land in a place on your feet. Um, and and like, for example, heard at, I mean, there's a sports background. Yeah. Like right, I'm sitting true. on a podcast with you right now and, and talking about, sports, you know, transition right. and things like that, sports. but also life. I mean, because yeah. sports, there's uh, obviously sports is all his life, right? All his life. <laughs> but, was, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, was there, did there have to be like kind of a, a little bit of a mindset shift for you in order to get to that point? Like when you, when you ultimately had kind of made up your minds and started preparing for that, mm-hmm. like how did your mindset shift in order to continue to keep preparing for that? Because I think that that might be one of the hardest parts of accepting the fact that that's what you're going to do. Yeah, I think my mindset, um, and it was a process of over time, but transition to the long term. I mean, so often in sports, it's one day at a time. It's how yeah. can I get better today? How can I, how can I train better today? How can I improve the skill for the next game? How, how can I make my last game be, or my next game be better than my last? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I was looking at long term and in a whole different career path and things like that. And considering how can I put myself in a position to get here in five years or here in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something I started to think about more as opposed to my rookie year when it was just one day at a time. Mm-hmm how can I be the best player in practice today? How can I start this game? How can I achieve this benchmark? Um, So I think a longer term mindset helped me a little bit. Um, In some of these questions, I mean, you guys are asking me, I haven't (laughs) thought about internally enough, maybe. Um, Because like I said, I jumped right into things and and put my head down and and was on to the next journey. So um, these are great questions. I'm appreciating them. (laughs) All all I want to do now, though, is watch Ted Lasso after you said Ball is Life. Like my brain has just been like, Ted Lasso, that show is We need the new new season coming out soon. I know. Okay, here's a question because you obviously watched Ted Lasso. What were your your thoughts on the Christmas episode? Did you like it or not? Oh, man, I feel like it's forever ago since I watched it. Um, I'd have to get a little refresher, honestly. It's not not sticking out to me. Do you watch Ted Lasso? No, it's on HBO, right? 
N- no. Uh, Apple, Apple TV. Apple TV. Oh, yeah, that's why. I'm curious for those watching. I have a feeling we have one listener that Sky, I'm sure, watches. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, the reason I'm asking about the Christmas episode is because nothing really happened in it. They just like basically celebrated, <laughs> celebrated Christmas and like had you know dinner i'm not giving spoilers away by the way like literally like there's there's nothing to spoil it's about this episode the christmas episode. It's, it's literally and it's i found it's like a polarizing topic huh. where people either feel very strongly that they did not like the episode because nothing happened or they feel very strongly that they liked the episode because it was just very warm fuzzy it was just Uh, warm and fuzzy and like nothing happened besides just like everyone felt good i do kind of recall now um they sang christmas carols and and, and everybody brought their their (laughs) yes okay yes i do remember and i think it's telling that I had no recollection of it. So <laughs> it's nothing that you, that You're I. You're not on the be- fence of hate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I just wasn't memorable, as memorable as some of the other episodes. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, the, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I was thinking about other things. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm just curious. So for anyone who's watching, if yeah. you have a strong opinion about the Christmas episode, I'd love to hear it because <laughs> um, I found that it's just a very polarizing, uh, outside of like everything else with. Every season of Ted Lasso now, that's the hard part with any show because it had such groundbreaking success its first season that I think the expectations were so high Mm -hmm. that people, when you get the next one, are like, it can't possibly top. Mm. But I always say, like, think of, like, all of your favorite television shows, like The Office or um, you could rattle off a ton. There's usually like some that see success in its their second season, but sometimes after a really successful first season, it takes them a a minute to like get back into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now the difference is, is I think people actually that I say in the office, I actually people think. I think people had the reverse where they felt the first season sucked. The second season was better. (laughs) So anyway, but my point is, is like, I'm very hopeful for the next season of, I think, I think the writers and the team are so great that they had to kind of establish some things to keep building so that we can, Anyway, this random. isn't a Ted Lasso podcast. <laughs> random but, other show, like other show that's like that very much. The Boys. I don't know if you guys watch oh, that. It's brutal. It's very violent. Mm. But it's like <laughs> basically anti. It's it's superheroes, but they're bad people oh. for the most part. But like that, like started off running and then just has built and built and built. And it's like, what are they? How are they going to top this? But somehow they do. Yeah, and I'm putting a pin in two things right now. Stranger Things. They're just incredible all the way yes. through. All the way through. Yeah. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. Is it July 1st yet? <laughs> that's Man. that as well. And then Breaking Bad, they had an episode. Oh, yeah. So very polarizing for me, the fly episode, like the TT fly or whatever, just yeah. a waste of 45 minutes or however <laughs> long the episode was. It was it was something I'm like, and I, I stand by this too. I think Breaking Bad, incredible show, but I, I think their episodes were like an hour or 50 yeah. minutes. I think if they made them 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah. Cause I think there were just scenes just that like, would drag out and it's just like, okay, we, we kind of know what's going on here. Why is it taking so long? Right. And, and, uh, that's how I remember it. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, but that episode in particular, it yeah, it was, it was something that frustrated me. <laughs> yeah. See, I did tell Austin that we go on tangents. Yes. So really quick, this is my side <laughs> tangent before we talk about union Omaha, because I just want to say, um, I need, I need to get this off my chest. We're talking about television shows and, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus has been making my life. Okay, I love Star Wars. Um, I'm not like... I'm I've not never like, seen a full Star Wars movie. It's Just fine. full disclosure. I'm not is, like... Everyone can come for me on Twitter. It's fine. Look, I'm not like going to like... <laughs> comic-con or whatever for it but like if you do like that's amazing i'm just saying that's not like i'm not like i'm not that super fan i just really (laughs) enjoy them is what i'm saying like i i love this whole like but the reason i'm saying that is because when you talk about a perfectly timed show every episode is about 45 50 minutes Hmm. They fly by to the degree yeah. where you get to the end and you're like, has it been that like, <laughs> but they've timed them so well where like, it just like, doesn't feel like there's anything that's dragging out about mm-hmm. them. We like, we watch the, cause they dropped the first two episodes on one Wednesday. And when we watch them, that, that time frame just flew You're like what? And I think that's when you can figure out the perfect amount of time for a show where it just like, it's it also leaves you like eager for more. Yes. Oh, yeah. Versus like that Breaking Bad episode. You're like, I was like, I didn't probably watch for a week. <laughs> right. Right. I'm just going to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so like that's for me. The last episode of this little six mini series comes out um, 
the day that this episode will be released. And like, I'm so looking forward to it, but like the, the way that they've crafted it is I'm almost actually like, I don't want to watch it because I'm sad that it's going to be over, but that's, they've just done a really good job of like how they build the episodes. Mm -hmm. So I understand what you're saying (laughs) where it's like when you have a really like well-constructed episode and the time just flies by, um, I would say like Ozark did that too, but Ozark also got kind of yet. Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I love him. Just, we finally, that it's a show. I will say if your mental health is in a dark place, do not start Ozark. That it's is a, a lot. Sh- <laughs> that is a show where I realized like my mental health was being directly affected by it. So <laughs> yeah, I had oh, to, to like, <laughs> no, I, my I might hu- need it after this week. Yeah. My <laughs> husband was like, let's keep watching. And I'm like, I'm just not in a good mental health space. Like my mental health right now is not great. I can't watch this because I'm going to just be in a very dark state of mind. It's heavy. It's a heavy show. And he goes, but you've watched breaking bad and you've watched, you know, better call Saul breaking bad. I would say was also very dark, but Mm. they also had a lot of like, Jesse was a very humor, like humorous character. There was a lot more like kind of just like Mm -hmm. funny moments in it. Ozark doesn't have a ton of like comedic relief. Like episodes are just heavy and you're like, you get to the end and you're like, I need to go take a walk around the block. Like a moment. Yeah. I think that was when I didn't continue on to, I don't know what season, what episode somewhere I got lost and just didn't really pick it back up. Um, But there was definitely a strand of, I mean, it's very captivating, heavy, engaging. Um, It gets your attention, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. And I think, Maybe I I took a break. I don't know. I took <laughs> a break. You can get yourself lost in it break. almost <laughs> yeah. in like a bad way. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If, if you haven't watched Ozark. Maybe Joe's I won't art, watch that after this week. Maybe Wait don't. Week. Maybe watch like Schitt's Creek or something. <laughs> like, because that, I feel like after I've had like a zone tough, out. Yeah. There are certain shows where I'm like, if I just need my brain to shut off, I yeah. watch like Schitt's Creek, Office, Gilmore Girls, yeah. The Office. Because I've already seen them enough times where there is no, there is no like energy being shared with the show. <laughs> I am just like... Just we already automatically know when to laugh. Yes. I don't even have to like put any effort in. Well, speaking of um, great things, uh, let's talk about Union Omaha because Union Omaha, but when you are listening to this, they may have already played or they're getting ready to play Sporting Casey. This is a big deal because I currently have an article pulled up on ussoccer.com and I loved the headline, Union Omaha and the Improbable Dream. And this is the subhead members of third division union Omaha who took down two MLS teams so far and hope for more of the same in Kansas city and in in a historic quarterfinal see no reason why they cannot go all the way. What is union Omaha doing right now? (laughs) They are doing union (laughs) Omaha things. Uh, They are, they are incredible. It's, it's been an amazing run so far. And that's just, just like you said, I mean, they don't see any reason why they can't keep winning. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, they, Confidence is everything in soccer. And I mean, they they know that they can compete with anyone. And at the end of the day, you play the game because you don't know what's going to happen. And no one would have predicted, you know, Omaha getting as far as they did. None of these MLS teams or, or anybody really probably. Um, and it's a testament to their character, their their drive, um, organization from from the staff, from the team. It's, it's something that's super impressive and exciting run to watch. And I think there couldn't have been a better way to... Um, do it than going to Kansas City now too. It's it's super exciting. And I know we were talking before the podcast about um how we played Kansas City uh their two team about a year ago in mm-hmm. preseason. Um and it's kind of cool to see it all come full circle. Yeah, we were talking before we started recording that um Tom Chattel uh, of the Omaha World Herald actually spoke with uh, the owner of Union Omaha, mm. uh Gary, about just kind of the path of Union Omaha's yeah. existence. And originally, before Union Omaha ever became a thing, there was talk about a team being placed in Omaha that would be the feeder team yep. to Sporting KC. Ultimately, it fell apart because there was, you know, a lot of like, do you put players on the road between Kansas City and Omaha that often? Uh, if, you know, for that reason, fell apart, as you said, Sporting KC 2 oh. ended up becoming a thing so that they took care of that. But then union Omaha comes along and union Omaha gets to stand on its own. And like they were saying, union Omaha probably wouldn't have gotten to do everything that it's doing now and exist in the way that it exists. If it had been tied to sporting KC in the way that that feeder team would have been if they went that path. Yes. It's, it's very interesting because in the league, you know, Omaha's in as well as 
across the USL, there's a lot of feeder teams. And at the end of the day, their purpose is to serve the first team. Um, obviously, everyone, you step on the field, you want to win. Um, coaches want to win. But, I mean, you have, you know, youth academy products that you want to get experience. Mm-hmm. And you have veterans that are coming down, maybe coming off of injury, and they right. want to ease into it in, in the second division, things like that. Um, and so it's, it's never the main goal. And Union Omaha is special because – the end of the day, Union Omaha is Union Omaha. Mm-hmm. They want to win for Union Playing Omaha, for, yep. for Omaha, for the fans, and that's that's something that is is incredible. Um, I think that being in that position, it it elevates you mentally. I think I think there's something that you have a chip on your shoulder. You want to perform for the team, and you get guys that at other places. I mean, more often than not, there's not guys like this, but they just you're like, oh, I just want to do well for myself. I want to get up to the first team, things like that. It's it's a it's a different mentality, and and when you're you know, you're competing against MLS teams in this case for Union Omaha. It's something that you want to prove yourself. You want to you want to perform for Union Omaha and you want to show people that Union Omaha are a great team. I mean, yeah. and they have because this this whole article that's on ussoccer.com, which I recommend uh, checking out, just Google Union Omaha US Soccer and it'll pop up. But I think, um, you know, they're talking about just like what Union Omaha has been able to do and how they've become kind of like the darling of the Opens Cup. Mm. And... um we were talking also before we got started about like just what, in my opinion, what this can do for, you know, the growth of soccer in the United States, but also specifically in Nebraska, Nebraska. because how many, how many little kids are watching this, both little boys and little girls and are, who are going like, I want to, I, now what I'm seeing is not just on a national stage, Mm -hmm. it's localized and Mm -hmm. I can go chase my dreams and potentially play for a team like Union Omaha. Like this might now be the dream of mm-hmm. some of these little kids. Hundred percent, yeah. And it's it's special. Um, I know St. Louis, where I grew up in my hometown. Um, their pro team when they finally emerged there with St. Louis FC. Um, and now it's you know the MLS team's coming and it's totally different. But at the time I'm speaking of, it was a USL team, um, kind of like Union Omaha, and that was a massive deal because there's an entire youth club built underneath, and the youth clubs in, in Omaha, Nebraska, they're just getting better and bigger too, more organized. Um, and it's having that focal point at the top. Um, it 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 grows roots and it drives um, growth across all the different levels. And that's something that's just going to progress the game. And it's not just in Omaha; it's in all, all places across the country. But Omaha specifically, it's very exciting for that next generation and the youth to to have that to look up to, to go to the games. I mean, it's it's special. And this is kind of a little bit of a tangent too. But the amount of kids we get to just make mm-hmm, their days mm-hmm. at games. Um, and, you know, they're wanting autographs on their jerseys or signing, signing up. They're like, oh, can we have your cleats? I'm like, no, sorry, but no. I, I wish I could. <laughs> um, not quite at that level, but um, things like that. I mean, they, they have such an amazing time at the games. And that's it's always been something in college, too. I mean, it's part of why so many of us love playing, too. I mean, we get to make kids days like regularly at game days. And, and it's it's a special experience that, you know, Omaha puts on for the fans, too. And, and that's something that's really fun. I'm really yeah. glad to see soccer continue to grow in the United States. And I would say there's there's a few different facets of this that are all playing into this. And I think the success of USL and teams like Union Omaha, I think the success of what we're seeing from uh, the national women's soccer team yeah. who's fighting for equal pay and fighting for... Um, you know, this to ha- be on the same, like to get the same things as the men's side. I think all of these pieces play into a more fair and equitable sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is for me exciting because then we're now seeing soccer grow in all of these different ways Yes, that we didn't see 10 years ago. Even it's, it's definitely, I feel like in the last few years with the growth, like I said, of USL and all of these other um, leagues trying to come along, like we were talking about MLS wants to keep getting their hands in the game. Um, But even just like I said, with the women's team and what they're doing on a national level of like fighting for it, I think this is like, if you're a soccer fan or if you want to play soccer, like this is this is an amazing growth to see yes. like what could be possible 10 years from now. Oh, it's I, yeah. I cannot wait to see it all unfold. Um, and speaking specifically about the women's game, I was, my rookie year was in North Carolina, um, North Carolina FC and the NC courage. They had, mm. and they are incredible team. Um, they had, I want to say five or six U S women's national team players on that squad, as well as, um, Brazilian national team star, um, you name it, all kinds of different countries. They won, multiple trophies already in their short existence. I think they're like five years into their time in North Carolina. Um, but seeing that was incredible. Um, they rocked the park out there. I mean, that's probably the pinnacle of, of club 
women's soccer across the world because they would have PSG and, and other teams come and play in an international cup tournament hmm. too, which is um, somewhat, I guess, probably like Champions League for for women's side. Um, and it was incredible to watch that. And the amount of fans and the passion there um, for the women's team was was something incredible. We ha- yeah. I think the stadium held like 9,000, 8,000. Um, we never got close to that on the men's side. <laughs> the women's team was packing it out. And I think I remember going home um, back to St. Louis after the season. And there was a mural in 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 the mall of uh, Crystal Dunn, I believe. She's okay. she's incredible, um, s- superstar, women's national team. All the all the benchmarks and everything you name it, she's got it. And I saw a mural in the mall, and I was like, "This is incredible!" Like I was yeah. just like in the, living in the same apartment with these people. Like yeah. this is something pretty amazing to see. And it goes back to just the testament to how much the game is growing, men's side, women's side. Um, and I think it's going to be really special in the United States 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Um, and who knows? I mean, I think we're on the right trajectory to being powerhouse on men's and women's side. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, women's, they're already there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for years and years to come, because the growth of the game in the United States is at an exponential level right now. I like I was just looking this up too. one of the things that like we often. So I just recently hosted a show that's going to air um, depending on when you listen to this. Just go look up Nebraska Public Media slash Title Nine and dot org Nebraska Public Media dot com dot org slash Title Nine. What is it? Um, My brain dot org. I knew it was it's government. It's like educational. Anyway, we could go on a tangent of that and like urls doesn't matter um but when we were talking about how you grow how you grow the game for women how you grow like any sport for women but like also just growing sports in general the one thing that i you know like gary for instance and what he did by investing in union omaha and creating that opportunity i tell people like if you're able to invest in something do it i understand Brittany mahomes is a people have opinions on her in Kansas city. I don't really care at the end of the day, her and Patrick invested in the Kansas city current Mm -hmm. and have put their it's, it's the put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to say, we want to grow something, do it. If you have that, if you're a fan, if you're a fan showing up for these things, um, that's a big part of it is showing up being present, um, buying tickets, watching on TV, uh, tweeting about them that you want to see these things on TV. The more noise you make, the more you engage, the more you like, I think soccer is a sport that like, I'm so glad to see it growing in the United States because it it's such a great game. Yeah. It's the world's game. It's the yeah. world's game. And like, I mean, just you saw Kansas City, how they lost their mind that they're getting to host. Yeah. In what, 2020? So, Omaha lost their mind that Kansas City's getting to host. I know. Right, I, like, right. I was like, sweet. It's so close. It's um, but like, that's the stuff where it's like, we talk a lot about like what Omaha does, where Omaha gets excited for anything that comes to Omaha. Yes. You have yeah. curling. Everyone shows up for it. You have the swim trials, which everyone showed up for it, which, I'm, you know. RIP. Um, <laughs> that makes me sad. Yeah. I was leaving. But anyway, like Omaha will travel for that. But I think like building this excitement and um, sorry, I'm kind of like in five different places, yeah. but I have a point here. <laughs> so part of that title nine show that I hosted, I was listening to a group of volleyball coaches here in the state talk about growing volleyball. And they talk about how one of the aspects of growing volleyball in the United States is also growing the men's side of the game Yep. and how it's not just anymore about like just growing one without the other. It's let's, let's, well, let's build everything together mm-hmm. and give opportunities because men's volleyball is very popular in Europe, but it's not quite as popular in the United States. So how do you build that game? Because when you build the men's side, you actually strengthen the women. Same thing with soccer. You build, you build both together. You, you just make a better game for yeah. all. Yeah. And, that's the thing where I'm like, I'm so grateful for people like Gary who've invested yeah. in soccer, but we have to keep finding people who want to invest in the game and invest in the athletes and the players and the experience and everything else, because that's, what's going to change it. That's mm-hmm. what's going to make it a bigger deal in the United States. And it, it is like, honestly, in the last 10 years, I think it's grown, but like, what can we do in the next 10? Yeah, right. Of course. So I'm really excited to see what does happen in the next 10 years, because I think that, I mean, when I was growing up, yeah, soccer was like, popular when you were younger but Mm -hmm. then as you got older it wasn't especially like in the midwest wasn't nearly as popular Mm -hmm. but now 
because of teams like Union Omaha, because of everything that's kind of changed and the trajectory that's changed, I think that you're seeing a lot more kids, like you said. I mean, the kids are coming out to the games and are like just in awe because this is incredible to them, mm-hmm. right? But being able to see that and then representation on both sides, whether that be a team like Union Omaha or whether that be a women's team and building both of those things up, like I'm really excited just to see how it, I think it's going to explode. Yeah. Like I think it's already exploding, but it's like the, the little, that tiny little fire it's, that starts the explosion. And it's going to be a big one. Um, And I think World Cup here is yeah. going to be just gasoline oh on the fire. Goodness. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. Um, But going back, I wanted to mention. Yeah, like you said, every single kid, everyone played soccer, no matter what. Everyone yep. played soccer. Yep. It just was it for 20 days when you were four years old. Was it, right. you know, up until eight? Like that was just, I feel like you roll the ball. Kids, parents have their kids play soccer, but there, yeah. there is a gap. And, and, you know, yes. like you were just saying, I mean, when you get older, it's not quite as big. Um, and I know, like, for example, my, myself and like different high schools, it's not as big of a thing. It's always football, basketball. Right. I know. And, um, and so it's it's interesting to me as you know as people are getting older how can we get people to like you know not just stop after six years old or eight years old right. and I think that's happening it's happening now it's happening fast and um, yeah all these different teams popping up it's playing a big part of it people going like you said Union Omaha games things like that and then when this World Cup comes um, people are going to see how big of a deal it is all the traveling fans yes all mm-hmm. every different country all the different cultures involved they're going to understand a little bit more about. It's not just a soccer game on a Saturday. It's these people's lives. They right. everything about it, it. It's for their country. The passion behind it. I mean, it's it's something special. I, I would say, I mean, it's it's uh like Husker Nation, right? Like it, it's yeah. it is passion. It is passion, and I would say it's it's more overseas for a soccer team in in let's say Spain, Barcelona. Yeah. Like, they live, breathe, and die it. Obviously, Huskers do too, but. The in the stadium atmospheres are something that there's nothing quite like it. I um, mean, part yeah. of that's just the way people enjoy games, and and um, but over there it's like you don't have a choice. You're doing you're right. you're screaming your lungs <laughs> off for 90 minutes. You have synchronized chants. You are yeah. you are. There's so many nuances of of fandom over there and just passion around it. It's it's incredible. Um, and having that come to the United States is only going to just continue to kind of unlock people's understanding yeah. of the game and and that it's the world's game and that. It can be for any any little little boy or girl, and, and they can have their dream to be to play for Union Omaha or to play for other teams that are popping up. So. Yeah, I will say, like I went to Germany, and I'd have to look up um, the. Ex- I think it was right after the. It, it would have been right after the two thousand and two World Cup, um, but I remember being in Germany, and uh, they had a pair of cleats. They had a pair of Nike cleats that were like the World Cup cleats that the German team had played with and that or had worn and were in store and it was a big deal. And I remember like as somebody I'm in high school at the time Mm -hmm. as somebody who was like, I don't play soccer. I've never like, I've really never played soccer, but like understood that like that was what I bought as like my souvenir from Germany was like a pair of cleats, soccer cleats and brought them home. And people were like, well, how are you going to wear these? Because they legitimately have cleats on the bottom. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not, I guess, but they're just going to like exist in my life. But like, that was the thing that like, I didn't quite understand what soccer meant, but I understood when I was there, like the big deal of Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is this would be like the equivalent of like owning a pair of Jordans that like everyone's really right. up in arms about, or LeBron puts out a pair of shoes, or Allen Iverson, whatever. Yeah. Like that was the equivalent mm-hmm. of it. And I remember bringing these home and just being like, "Now what?" But like, that's the thing that like I think we'll continue to see is this like want to oh, like yeah. buy merch and be. But like you said, they'll see it in Kansas City when you're like, "Oh, this isn't just." a game <laughs> it is a big big deal yeah and i want to back the truck up you said game worn cleats by the german team no just, they okay. were just they were i wish that <laughs> would have been like, amazing what? how much money did you spend yeah no i remember we just went into like a nike store and they yeah, had now, like the like um the replica the, re- yeah. the replica one the okay. versions of like what they wore Still very cool though, but yeah well, amazing souvenir because it was you said it was when the world cup was in germany no, no. They, it would have been so i just was looking it up it was 2002 Six, so um two let's see that would have been in um south korea and i can't remember how well the german team did but like it like at the same time it was like did did it matter yeah. right. um they were there in germany and the world cup's going on uh, you're going to know about yeah. it yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah it was in south korea in japan mm-hmm. and it looks like how far did they get let's see i'm sure they had a great team. um bastian schweinsteiger breaking through the the ranks and the 
don't know. A little, little early for me in my knowledge, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I know enough that Michael Ballack, I'm sure, was was doing um, great things. Let's see. Uh, oh, so they played a playoff game, and so maybe it wasn't too. Th- so it would have been every four because the World every Cups four every years, four years. Yep. I'm going to have to do, I don't like my, my like dates don't make any sense in my head um, because they actually didn't qualify for the world cup in this one, but maybe it was, am I all off on my, like something else in there too. There's a lot of different international friendlies tournaments, things like that. Um, Well, maybe it was put a pin on this one. It doesn't matter. No one, no one, but regardless, I do remember like that was the big deal is like, you'd walk in and like there were, um, if there was just like, all kinds of memorabilia. All kinds jerseys, of memorabilia. And soccer like, balls, cleats, yeah. socks, it's, you name it. Yeah, and so, I mean, I believe they're still at my mom's house, so I'll have to, like, I mean, I never gave them away. So If you, you bring them in here, I'd love to I, I'll bring them, them in and I'll have you look at them because, <laughs> I like, I do remember the two things about them is they were soccer cleats and they were somehow associated with the World Cup. Uh-huh. Um, and I also remember, like, I came home and, like, bought a CD because at the time there wasn't Spotify. I bought like the World Cup CD that like (laughs) was like the theme songs and stuff. And then that's that's part of the culture too, right? There's entire songs. I mean, Shakira, Shakira, look at what she did. That that, song is incredible, by the way. And it's the whole world's listening to it. The whole world's loving it. It is a theme song and it, it goes with what I was kind of speaking about earlier, soccer and the culture behind it, yeah. every single country getting involved, the food, the music, the mm-hmm. dancing, there's, there's so much behind the scenes that people get to enjoy and embrace. Um, and, and being the world's game, you bring all those cultures together. And I mean, the, the small example for me, is just all the different teammates I had, Yeah, you know, Omaha, North Carolina FC. I mean, people from all across the world, you know, El Salvador, Ghana, Argentina, um, Canada, so many different places. And, and it's, and it's special for me. And I'm always going to be grateful for that experience with, three years playing pro um, that I got to meet people all over the world, understand more about them and, and their journeys and, and learned a lot of great things too. I mean, different, different food, um, drinks, things like that. I mean, uh, Yerba Mate for, I don't know if you're familiar with that. You can check that out, but every, every soccer player in Argentina and all these different um, countries, they always have their tea um, and it's, it's oh, kind of their, it's their coffee. It's, it, and it's a huge yeah. shocker thing too. Um, but it's just like, I think there was a coffee shop in Kansas city. I was there recently and um, it had, that tea and, and people from there and they, and they have a book even. And, and um, I know it, my girlfriend was like, Oh yeah, I know about uh, this and this and that. And that, that tea because of my roommate um, mm. was from Argentina and he it never didn't have it in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they have a book in there that talks about, you know, the origin of it. And, and I think the staff said, Oh yeah, no, that's a religion. Like your Mate is a religion, the tea. And it's, it's something that I never would have known about otherwise. And it's, it's uh, pretty interesting stuff. So. I love that. I think for me, I'm like, that's kind of where I want to end because um, I think you said it so well that like soccer is the world game. And I think obviously it, it builds bridges. It brings mm-hmm. people together. You learn so much mm-hmm. about other people and other cultures. And like, even for people who are just here based in Nebraska, if you haven't checked out Union Omaha or if you have, but you haven't gotten back to a game, please do so because these are incredible. These are incredible people from all over the world who are, who hopefully knock on wood, uh, doesn't matter. Whatever happens against sporting Casey, this union Omaha team has done. They're one of eight left. So, I mean, incredible they started with i was reading which by the way this could not happen to a better person than jay mims i was gonna ask about him i'm like kind of bummed we're ending no it's fine (laughs) do you want to tell us because i mean i want to well like just his career in general but then like i we i've had the opportunity a couple times to book him on a few different shows he's just like an incredible dude but like from a player's perspective like how great of a coach is jay yeah it's it's something that is very um, so the hardest working coach, um, he will put in any amount of hours, whether it's soccer tactics, film, um, as well as even just looking out for well-being of players um, yeah. and and making sure that's right. So when you have a coach that works that hard um, and and does the little things and, and prepares yeah. unlike anyone else, it it translates. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I would say too another big piece of him, um, and it all adds up to coaching is recruiting the people first. Um, that's huge for him, and yeah. that is something that makes the team better. And I think. Um, him doing that is a huge part of the success, obviously, that, that Union Omaha has had um, in two and a half years already, which is incredible for being an inaugural season yeah. two, two years ago. I got to interview sure. him once, and I interviewed him at when the big announcement of Union Omaha mm-hmm. happened, and they brought everyone out to Warner Park. And what struck me about him is when I was asking him about just 
bringing a team like this to Omaha, what it would mean, his focus turned so quickly on what it means, not just for the community, but for like we were talking about the little kids that are going to be watching. And he was, he was talking about how he hoped it continued to grow the game. Like even when he was talking about like Nebraska soccer with the women's team and he's like, I want this to be something that can help build, you know, build them up and build Mm -hmm. up the teams at UNO and everything else. And like, and that was kind of amazing to me that it's like, here's this day that he could be celebrating for himself, getting this job, um, having this big celebration about the team. And he's instead focusing all of the attention outward. That, That was what stood out to me in that moment was like, he was so focused on how this could help others versus anything to do with himself. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's I think a testament to his character and then his passion behind yeah. and, and his Omaha roots and and I mean he's worked his way up from from college teams and he's been there and he's passionate about every single team and and I think he'll remember every single play for ten years ago any, anything he, he he is very in, immersed in it all and I think that is incredible for Omaha um, and his passion behind that is is something that drives the trajectory and the success of Union Omaha. I just yeah. have to point out when I'm reading this story on U.S. Soccer's website, um, COVID, that COVID break is always going to like really mess with things because it said the 109-year-old competition, but it's currently in its 107th edition because obviously right. the the years that it had to be taken off. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm oh. just, I'm just throwing out there that like, this is always <laughs> going to, <laughs> this is always going to mess with my mind how like things are off by like a couple of years yeah. now because it's like, yeah, and then I'm hearing that I'm like, man, we would we would have had a run too. We had a, we had an incredible team last year, and then, and then the year before that too, and and it would have been we were we were relishing the opportunity, and then very bummed um, when it did get canceled because we were we were excited just like you know is right now for every new challenge and and to face all these teams. Um, so yeah, it's great to see them um, continuing that success and and making a run. I I will leave I will leave from the U.S. Soccer article the last the last paragraph. So the question remains: Is it possible? Will the gods allow it? Which I love that just like the football gods, mm. the soccer gods exist. Um, we'll all have to wait and see. There's 90 minutes, maybe 120, and maybe a shootout between all the possibilities and a place mm. in the semifinals and the verge of more history. Yeah, that's special. I, yeah. It's pretty cool. Like I said, depending on when you're listening to this, you may or may not know the outcome of what happens. But I think, um, if nothing else, uh, Union Omaha has done everything to deserve the respect and people to show up. I will say, this is wild to me. You can get seats on, like on the pitch. Like you can get seats like right down there for like fifty dollars. Now, if you don't want to spend fifty dollars a seat, you can get them just sitting anywhere in the stadium for like ten dollars a seat. But I'm just saying, it's so reasonably priced. Yeah. There's no reason not to go. Like, find a game, get yourself there, have a good time. Have yeah. a good time. Get some hoot juice. Yep. Uh, that <laughs> that stuff is deadly in a good way, but. Be careful. <laughs> you can see the new owl. Yeah, yeah, that is a new development. That's that is a fun one. Who did not truck a kid at the Cold World series? <laughs> Which did you see that? I did not. I'll have to look into the story. I'm gonna have to show you. Yeah. Did you see that? You were there. Uh um, well, I was there, but I'm working <laughs> the entire time. No, I didn't see that. Okay, last last little side note before we let you all go. Please go watch the video. It's circulating everywhere on Twitter. I'm going to show you after we're done recording. Great. I feel so bad for Durango, UNO's mascot. So they did a Nebraska mascot race, but it was only Omaha mascot. So it was Durango from UNO, the Creighton Blue Jay, uh, uh, the woman mascots from the Storm Chasers. What is her name? Um... um her. Something Nina. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. And then the new owl from uh, Union Omaha. Uh, the Union Omaha owl was like back of the pack. Now, to be fair, that owl is also the large, like the largest costume. The, I will say Durango and the Creighton Blue Jay both are in like athletic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happened is they take this corner and to be fair, the kid was not sticking in their lane. The kid is like yeah. zigzagging. <laughs> so the kid sees an opening and is like, I'm going for it. Cuts over. But you have to remember, like mascots can't, can't see. see. So the mascot can just see what's going on. The kid basically cuts over Uh-oh. and the Durango's arm just like smokes the kid. Yeah. The kid goes like 
flipping and tumbling, just completely eats it. And then the Creighton Blue Jay hurdles the kid. Oh, wow. Just hurdles, doesn't stop, just hurdles the kid. Because to be fair, like that's probably the best thing you can do in that moment. Yeah. Because if you're trying to stop, you're probably then going to run into the kid. The poor kid like gets up and finishes the race. Good for good for him. Um, but yeah, the poor, poor UNO bull was probably like, oh no. But he, I mean, he's straight up. But so yeah. to be fair, Union Omaha's owl did not get its <laughs> inaugural that. race at the College World <laughs> Series off to a truck and a kid. And it's always next year. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that good for good for UNO. Like put put them on the map. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm going to show you the video when we get done here. As always, we really appreciate you tuning in, you listening. Uh, thank you to Austin for joining us this week. Yeah. You are awesome. I selfishly, again, I was a, I was familiar with you even before you were hired at Herd App because I am a big Union Omaha fan. So uh, on a selfish level, I'm a big fan of yours personally. So thank you for coming here and joining us. Well, thank you both for having me. This was it. This was great. We will be back next week pending Sasha surviving the rest of the College World Series. <laughs> if you get into and just avoid the UNO pool, just yeah. avoid Durango. You know what's funny is that I was actually downstairs when they were all walking out oh, up no. to the field and I heard them before I saw them. I turned around and had to kind of like do a little jump back. So maybe I like just had a premonition and didn't you realize knew, it. You knew. Stay away. <laughs> Durango was at our wedding and so was Herbie and Durango and the Creighton Blue Jay, I'll just say this. Those two are in shape. They are fit. Yes. So like stay, <laughs> watch, mind yourself. Beware. Mind yourself <laughs> when you're around those yes. mascots. But we will be back next week with even more. Um, feel free to email us, mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com. You can tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha72. Quick little plug. Be sure to check out what Sasha's up to right now. She is helping launch her at sports, which has been amazing. Uh, she's been working very, very hard to bring you um, a lot of great content from the College World Series. But that won't be all. There will be plenty more to come. So be sure yes. to check that out. See all of the work that they have been doing. Um, you're crushing it. Yeah. Tired. <laughs> it's but there's only a few days a week. There's a week. It'll be One great. Left. And if you're I'll in Omaha you and you're listening to this in time, you can join us for the Hill Varsity yearbook release party on Thursday, June 23rd at Hill Varsity Club between four and eight. It's going to be a great time. So lots going on. Mm. We'd love your support. But if you can't be there for any of it, just shoot us an email or tweet at us. We love to hear from you. As always, thank you. Yeah. Be we'll kind to each other. Be kind to each other. Go follow Austin as well. Yeah. What is your Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Do you tweet? Uh, not often. Um, no, <laughs> you can go tweet at Austin though. Go yeah, find him and tweet at him anyway. Go read I'll, it. I do favorites, you know. There you go. There you go. They're they're like hearts now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> little, little hearts. Um, spreading the love. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm on Twitter a little bit. I, I don't really tweet myself, but I, I like retweeting event uh, occasionally. So. Perfect. So go find Austin. Yeah. Uh, show him some love as well. Thank yeah. you again. Thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Talk to you then. Bye. A Huda Media Production.